Hello and welcome to the first episode of This Is Not A Who Cast, where we talk about Doctor Who, but it's not a Who Cast. We promise. We do promise. I'm Daniel and I am a Doctor Who fan. I'm the Doctor. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Bo and I am also a Doctor Who fan. I want to know why. So when I was growing up, I was a bit of a nerd. Um, and as you can imagine, I was interested in nerdy things. However, I always said... I draw the line at Doctor Who. <laughs> so I'm not going to watch that. That That's for like nerdy nerds, like really nerdy nerds. And uh, so one day um, I was in uh, the local shopping centre and it was around the time, uh, I think it was Matt Smith's uh, season seven came out and there was that awesome poster of, actually no, it was season six. It was uh, Matt Smith holding uh, Amy Pond, uh, Karen Gillan's character Amy Pond. Uh, and so the doctor was holding her and like things were blowing up around him. He had scratches all over him. Uh, there was like, he had like a black eye or something. His tweed coat was all um, busted up and, and like his um, boots were all on show and stuff. And he wore a bow tie and, I, and he had big sort of floppy hair. And I just went, I have to watch this now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I don't know what happens, but I'm in. Uh, and uh, so my mate who was, has been a devout fan his whole life uh, since he was a little kid I was like okay show me what you got and he had everything on DVD so uh, my wife and I just binged basically we didn't do the old stuff um, you'd have to be a real sadist um, uh, masochist to do all the old stuff yeah so um, we did we, we started from Christopher Eccleston mm -hmm. um, uh, the ninth doctor and uh, pretty much uh, just went went through episode after episode from that point all the way to uh to at that point, Matt Smith was the current Doctor and uh, we pretty much rode that wave right into the 50th anniversary, which was really cool. Um, and growing up being a, a massive Harry Potter fan, we love British culture. So um, the the just that sort of uh, baptism again into um, extreme <laughs> British behaviour. Uh, <laughs> lots of tea was drunk. We even did, we did a Doctor Who party uh, one weekend and everybody dressed up and uh, my wife sent these um, all the invitations were in envelopes and they were all uh, the blue the TARDIS blue uh, much like the ones that Matt Smith sends out to um, to his companions in, in his uh, oh that's fun yeah it was very cool my, my wife doesn't do anything by half measure so uh, no I pretty yeah. much go yeah that's cool great idea let's do that <laughs> and I show up and I enjoy all the fun parts fair enough but you do cosplay I do yeah so uh, I have cosplayed well Technically, I've cosplayed uh, the 11th Doctor, but I've also uh, did like a slight sort of nod to the 12th Doctor in his attire, uh, deep breath when it was playing at the cinema. That's fun. Mm. I um I started in 2007. Oh, wow. So I'm not, I'm old school now. I think <laughs> I was 2011. Yeah, that sounds about right for season six. And it's been, so we've both been uh, Doctor Who fans for over 10 years. Oh God! Over yeah. ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Well, way to feel old. It's mm. gonna. I'm about to regenerate just sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2007, a friend of mine um, said, "Hey, uh, you like sci-fi shit? You like Star Trek? Have you tried Doctor Who?" And I'm like, "No. What's that?" I'm gonna say, "Oh, there's a new show out now uh, called Doctor Who. I think you'll like it. He's got like a phone box and he time travels. You like time travel, probably." Uh, yeah 
I guess. And there's <laughs> aliens and uh, whatever. So he pitched it really well. Um, kind of like someone that only half remembered a trailer that he saw once. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I once watched this thing. I think it was sci-fi. It was a guy in a box and I think he maybe would like it. And you were like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I gave, I'll, I said, I'll give you an episode. I don't care. Or he, maybe he was like, do you like tea and biscuits? <laughs> do you like shows that properly accompany tea and biscuits? And you were like, uh, who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw um first one I saw was the Christmas invasion. Oh nice. Uh, yeah, beautiful. So so David Tennant was your first doctor? Yeah. Nice, cool. And then um I'm like, all right, this is fun. But uh that that episode didn't have much of the doctor in it. And I like, I'll keep watching it. And then the moment he woke up and it was the ending of that episode and mm. he and he just was like bit of tea. That's what I needed. <laughs> just just being super British and uh, charismatic, I'm like, I'm in. I'll, I'll watch this. It'll be great. And then it just continued to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I I don't take half measures either. Mm. I'm. Uh, I, I, the only reason that it took me so long to start watching the classic stuff is because those DVDs cost like $100,000. Oh, yeah. So I was lucky. I got to borrow the DVDs back when we used to watch DVDs. Back um, in my day, that's where we things started. were shit. <laughs> you had to get up and put the disc in the DVD player. A, D- a DVD, yeah, for those of you at home, was kind of like a worse version of streaming. Yeah. Because it cost um, twice as much and it wasn't high definition. I think the thing that was challenging with Doctor Who on DVD is they would split the season into two parts and each part was like... Yeah. If you still buy DVDs, those DVDs are super expensive. Mm. They sell them by Doctor now, which is what they should have done like fucking 10 years ago. But they didn't because why would they? They sell them like story arcs or whatever. Because people are lasagna. Don't be lasagna. Don't be lasagna. (laughs) See how many quotes we can jam into this thing. Have you ever tried um, fish custard? Uh, I drew the line at fish fingers and custard at the aforementioned party. We did have uh, a variety of Doctor Who delicacies and amongst them was fish fingers and custard and I refused to eat it because I just think as fun and quirky as that is, the idea of fish and milk just doesn't like fish and and and. Yeah, custard just I I couldn't I couldn't abide the idea of that. Uh, my wife said it was actually pretty good. It is pretty good. Mm. I tried it once. <laughs> um, See, I learned my lesson. I used to be very impressionable. Used to be, I say, used to be very <laughs> impressionable. Uh, and uh, there was a scene in the movie The Watchmen where Rorschach ate cold beans out of a can, and I thought, oh, that's badass. <laughs> I'm gonna try that, and I did, and I was like. <coughs> so never well, again. Oh, why do people do this? It's like those people that um, eat. Tablets without drinking water. I can do that. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Much like uh, fish fingers and custard. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) So, uh, Matt Smith was your first doctor. Is he your favourite? visually he was my first doctor. But Um, you went back in time. Yeah, so I started from... uh, I'm a purist, you see. I started at Chris (laughs) Eggleston. Well, if I was a purist, I would have started at Hartnell. But here we are in the modern age... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so yeah Christopher Eggleston was um, my first Doctor that I properly watched and honestly like 
it's one of those things when when you it's kind of like when you get a new doctor mm -hmm. and uh, well it's kind of the opposite of when you get a new doctor so when i started with chris eccleson i was like ah, i don't know if i'm if I love this, I'm really excited for the one with the tweed and the bow tie uh, <laughs> because that's basically my personality. Uh, and um, so I was like, I'm really excited for this guy. And then I started watching Chris Eccleston. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm really engaged um, with this character. And and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's time to regenerate. And I was like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I just got to know this guy. You can't take him away. And then he regenerates into David Tennant. And I'm like, oh, God, this guy. That is literally the cycle. <laughs> and then I got attached. Um, I thought it was brilliant. Um, and then he regenerates, you know, three or four seasons later and you're like, oh, I don't think I can do another one. I, I'm not ready to be hurt again. And, <laughs> and then Matt Smith comes along. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Is he your favorite? Matt Smith is my favorite. Yes. Um, probably closely, closely followed, uh, by Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi is my favorite doctor. I, I love I, him. He's uh, he's like my spirit animal. I put a lot of thought into who my favorite doctor was. Yes, please go. Uh, the twelfth doctor. Nice. Oh, I awesome. love the twelfth doctor. He is so good, and he goes through a great character arc mm. as well. Mm. Um, and the one thing I couldn't cop with um, the design on that, and I've been very. You and I have talked about this a few times. Um, I couldn't do the hoodie. No, I, I, I don't know. There was just something that Peter Capaldi's the first costume when he had that crisp blue coat and the crisp white shirt. I was like, wow, this is, this is cool. He's an, an older character, but there's this sort of youthfulness to him in this outfit. And it didn't feel like they were trying to make him you know, young and cool. It was like, no, the just riding a on a tank did that. <laughs> Playing an electric guitar. I like that because I always saw it as an old man trying to be cool. Mm, not I can the to show that too. trying to be cool, mm. even though it might have been the show trying to be cool. Yeah, and the whole um, Sonic Sunnies. Oh, oh, sorry uh, for all you international listeners. Sunglasses. Uh, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I just like the sort of more simplistic design, and it didn't take away from his doctor at all. I thought his doctor was still fantastic. I just prefer my preference for the costume was. Just more of that sort of simplicity. That's a good idea. What what's would be your favourite costume? Oh, uh, definitely, hands down, Matt Smith's last costume. The Not the tweed jacket, but the one where the, it's long and the, sort of... Uh, the purplish reddish. frock coat with the waistcoat and the pocket watch and the high top leather boots and um, just that whole outfit is just awesome. I... That one is pretty good. The Doctor in general with Stephen Moffat has really good costumes because mm. they don't look like costumes, which was my problem with like three of the Doctors. The Seventh Doctor. Ah, yes. The decorative seventh, vegetables. Yeah, the Sixth Doctor, the Seventh Doctor, to some extent the Fifth Doctor. It's like I want weird costumes, but I want costumes that like I could see someone wearing. Yeah, so the Sixth Doctor, um, which was my coat of many colours, uh, I just I couldn't do that one, and no. uh, also cricket. The cricket. I know we're British, but like cricket, and, and plus he has like question marks on his on his collar. It, it it's it, so the fifth, sixth, and seventh doctors were run. The, that show was run by the same producer who thought that Doctor Who was really silly, mm. which it is. He fights bubble wrap at some point, <laughs> but like the Doctor himself takes it seriously 
That's the point. Yes, and that's that's where good comedy is born. Good comedy is born from uh, characters that don't know they're in the joke. Yeah, the camp nature of, of Doctor Who only works because the Doctor is like, this bubble-wrap monster will destroy everyone and I must take it seriously. Brigadier, why aren't you listening to me? That guy is clearly a lizard man. Look at him. Okay, so if we broke it up in between the two eras, who would you say had your favourite costume from the previous era? From the classic era? Yes. Ooh. I'm going to go for the third Doctor. I wholeheartedly agree with you. The third Doctor looks like a gut. It looks like a costume that um, I could see him wearing. Mm. He's a British dandy, mm. right? And I can see like a British dandy. You showed me that picture of that guy on like a train. Oh yeah, the uh, the, the old man from Sydney. Yeah, and that guy just looks like that looks like an outfit that the Doctor would wear. I like that level. The third Doctor's costume doesn't feel like a costume, but it's also, like, iconically his. Mm. Oh, actually, now that I'm, I'm thinking about it, um, I think it's the cloak that put me off on the third Doctor. Yeah? Yeah, I think Tom Baker's probably actually my, my favourite now that I'm thinking about it. Oh. Specifically because you can never say no to a good scarf. Okay, you want to know the story <laughs> behind that scarf? Yes, I do. Okay, so the story is that they, they gave material to the design, costume designer and they said, hey, can you use these to make a bunch of scarves and then we'll, uh, and then we'll pick our favourite? And she's like, all right, I'll make a scarf out of all this. <laughs> out of every scarf. Yeah, and then, she's, <laughs> and then um, they brought, she brought it in and it's like, that's not what we asked for. But Tom Baker was like, that's brilliant. That's awesome. That's a great story. Yeah. That's like a really cool, um, like it was meant to be. That's like how I imagine Charlie Chaplin picked out his costumes. Tom Baker feels like a costume, but it feels like it's not too much mm. um, as to be unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. He just feels like one of those people that's got a really unusual sense of fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like the idea that he gets his fashion um, sense from aliens. <laughs> So he's like, what are you talking about? Ten feet foot scarves are big on Neptune or whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. It's not true, but like it probably is. I think I um, – so from the new era of Who, obviously we've established that my favourite is uh, Matt Smith. Who was yours from the new era? Mm, I don't know. It's either Peter Capaldi's um, Harry Potter-esque – outfit with the coat with the red trimmings oh, on it. Oh, that's beautiful, hey. That And that first image we got of him where he had the red kind of flipped out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hands in the pockets. I, I love that, um, that and one. And that's not a cheap coat, by the way. That's a Burberry coat. Those things are like, like I think I, I was looking at it at the time, like, i got to get one of these coats. It was like summer in Australia, and I'm like, I don't care, i got to have it. And I was like, okay, maybe I don't need it. It's like $1,000. <laughs> so I, was, I wanted to get like proper costume mm. um, of the 12th Doctor, and then I realised that it'd be like two thousand dollars and i'm like mm. i'll pass <laughs> i'm good i love that he had he had doc martens too i thought that was sick like the fact that, that <laughs> they're called doc martens <laughs> not just for that that actually that um fact had completely eluded me up until um you just said it like that <laughs> so um it was more just like he had this really proper kind of crisp formal modern outfit and then he's like bam punk rock <laughs> that's cool I like his outfit and I like Missy's outfit. Missy is the Oh, yeah, that kind of evil Mary Poppins vibe. (laughs) Evil Mary Poppins is a great way to describe her. It's perfect. Who is your favourite villain? 
Um, okay, so like a specific villain, I, I, like I think I villain can't. or monster. The sleep, um, the sleep doctor. What was he? Um, oh, uh, the dream lord. The dream lord. Yeah, I, I thought that was a really cool episode, uh, but also just a really great character. I thought that was a, something really different. Um, but honorary mention goes to uh, the doctor himself in a nightmare in silver. I appreciate that your two favorite villains are the doctor. <laughs> oh, and um, now I'm just going to be on a roll here. Um, <laughs> uh, Richard E. Grant. Um, as the, the incarnation of the snowman. Richard E. Grant is great. And if you consider everything to be canon, which I do, because who cares, uh, he was also the Doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played the Doctor in an animated um, story in uh, 2004. And they were going to make more, but then the, then the BBC was going to make a new show. So they didn't bother. On a side note, um, the new Loki TV series is kind of like um, a really good Doctor Who show. Yeah, we need one of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on, we don't want to lose our audience here. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like, it's true though. Oh dear. Um, so uh, who who would you say? Okay, and then, uh, sorry, favourite monster. I'll quickly touch yeah. on that. Uh, I think... Um, my memory is not um, serving me very well here with regards to this particular monster, but uh, what were the um, the doppelgangers in Matt Smith's? I think it was like his oh, those ones, fourth the or fifth big episode. red ones. No, what? no, they had that weird sheen over their face. They looked kind of like Voldemort. Oh, uh, what were they called? Um, oh, the flesh monster things. Yeah, yeah, they were good. They were in season six. Um, they uh, took the. There were flesh monsters in the... They had a really specific name. I think they just called them gangers. Yeah. They were cool because they were really quite terrifying. They were terrifying and then like all... The, and then they turned out to just be as innocent as the humans were. It was one of those things mm, where it's like... Yeah, yeah. It's like, what is it to be human? And um, there's a major problem that I have with that episode. And it's at the very end when it's mm. revealed that Amy is a ganger as well and they kill her. It's like... You haven't. Sp- you've spent the entire time saying that these creatures are sapient, and then you kill her anyway. Mm. And it's one of those things that they just didn't think about. And then you, they were like, um, "They're only good when they're not the main characters." <laughs> mm. Dead. Um, Dead. The <laughs> when the doctor is a ganger as well, mm. and it's like, yeah, but it's good when I hear when it's me, I hear me saying it. <laughs> Uh, that's one thing I really love about Matt Smith is uh, his ability to – and David Tennant, most of the Doctors are really good at this, but I, I thought there was a real intensity with Matt Smith. Um, he had this ability to portray this sort of um, kindness and caring and compassionate person, and then all of a sudden he could flick a switch and there was almost this like don't mess with me well, quality to him, one which of I really enjoyed. One of the things I like about Matt Smith in particular is that he um, can play old man really <laughs> well. Maybe that's why I like him so much. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I believe that he was um, an ancient alien. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, there was that great episode where he said to Amy and, and Rory, he was like, don't ever play games with me. Don't ever think that you could play games with me. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it, he's probably going to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a whole room stuffed with dead companions. We only hear about the ones that survive, except for the <laughs> ones that don't. 
So yeah, so your favorite your favorite villain and favorite monster. My favorite villain is are we counting Big Finish? That is up to you, Daniel. I will count Big Finish because the master is fun in the show. Um, the master, uh, but the best incarnation of the master in the show, uh, aside from the classic era, which I haven't gotten up to the master yet, uh, is not a villain. Uh, it's Missy. I like Missy from mm. the show, but in the in the fucking Big Finish, mm. in Big Finish. Because the master can win, and because it's got timescales that are longer, the master is terrifying. Mm. Because in the, in the show, what happens, and I haven't seen the full episodes, but I've seen a couple where, and it's always this. Oh no, the master. Yes, I have this evil plan. You cannot stop me. Punch. And then he, and then he does. Because the brigadier is like, oh, this guy again. Because he was meant... Cause Has anyone ever tried to punch him in the face? <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> The third doctor's Just hit him on the chin. Yeah, the third doctor's uh, that is exactly it. like was the brigadier just here? So the third doctor is based on James Bond, which I think is weird because he wears a cloak. Yeah, but um, the master is um, a Bond villain. Yeah, uh, and then you know evolved later on because they kept him around. Mm. And but in the in the big finish, he's like. There's a short story with the master who took over a planet. He took over a planet for fun. Mm. And he's like, yes, I, and he didn't do this on purpose because he's a moron. He's like, I will control this. It'll be great. And you have these, these aliens that are like, we're one with nature. We're perfect. Everything's great. And within like 10 years, the master's like, cause global warming, started a nuclear war. Yeah. Um, just had, it just ruined the place. And then he's like, oh. So oh, he sort that of sucks. made it earth in a way. Yeah, and then he leaves. <laughs> uh, it was great. And there's another one where he just ruined the lives of these teenagers just because. Yeah. That seems kind of petty for somebody that can travel across the galaxy oh. and through dimensions and He's super petty. Time space. He, um, yeah, so in Big Finish, the master, but not in Big Finish, Davros. Nice, yeah, good choice. Davros is, you know, the, the Daleks are Nazis, mm. so... You know, Davros is Hitler. Yeah, and yeah nice. And it's like, yeah, that's, um, he's terrifying. I really enjoyed the uh, alternate dimension origin story of the Cybermen in David Tennant's era. I oh, that was really cool. I love the fact that in, in about three stories, we see three different uh, ways that Cybermen get invented. They just mm. keep happening. I because, think that's cool. Yeah, because every time the, there's humans, there's a different way that Simon would be happening. And mm. people got mad about that alternate dimension story. But they, did, they did a Dalek um, uh, Cybermen hybrid once, didn't they? Yeah, they, they had the Daleks and Cybermen uh, fight each other. But they, have they ever done a hybrid where like a, a Cyberman makes a, like a Dalek comes from a, a Cyberman or a Cyberman comes from a Dalek? I refuse to say no. Yeah, because I feel like there's that's so much at some point. But um, I think one of my favorite um, hilarious scenes from Doctor Who um, was the scene with the Cybermen and the Daleks trash talking one another. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's you you kind of get through the scene and you're like, wait a minute, were they like trash talking? <laughs> we could defeat the Cybermen with one Dalek, and it's it's great. And the Doctor has to team up with the Cybermen because it's like. Oh. I mean, I've got to stop both of you, but I think I can take out five million Cybermen before Daleks. I'm fucked. 
<laughs> so uh, what would you say your favorite monster is my favorite case? monster is the Cybermen because they like they're conceptually mm. scary because it's like we could do this at any point yeah i did like the zygons i thought that was a lot of fun um in terms of it was a really cool way of introducing a re uh, like a like quite a uh prosthetically uh full alien um but then they could obviously explain the zygon away by just having them become a person so that kind of made the story more doable. So, um, so at the end of um, of that story, it's revealed that the the Zygons are now living on Earth with us. Yeah, that that should have been how the Silurian story <laughs> ended with them shape shifting so that they can stay on Earth. Mm. Like that, literally, that story with Silurians would have been better because the Silurians and uh, we we share the thing. Mm. <sighs> I'm not mad. So what would you say uh, if you had to pick your favourite comedic moment in Doctor Who? What would oh, you say is uh, one of your favourites? That is, you pick. I'm going gonna, gonna to think about this. Mm, um, oh, geez, there's quite a few. Um, yeah, yeah. Honorary mention would have to go to uh, the 50th anniversary. <laughs> there's so many wonderful lines in that that are just so funny. Uh, for example, the one with um, uh, the 11th Doctor when he's talking to um, the officials in the Tower, I think it's in the Tower of London, and he's mm -hmm. like, uh, I'm here with Sand Shoes and Grandad. <laughs> I refuse to, uh, I demand to be taken to the Tower of London with Sand Shoes or Grandad. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, They're yeah. not Sand Shoes. Yes, they are. <laughs> oh, look, I'm wearing Sand Shoes. But, uh, it, it, when it comes to the 50th anniversary, um, the best lines are from uh, the... John Hurt. Uh, from John Hurt. Yeah. And his, his best line is, Hello, I'm looking for the doctor. But you, both of you, <laughs> even that one? <laughs> <laughs> Am I having a midlife crisis? <laughs> Stop pointing your screwdrivers at them. They're, they're scientific instruments, not water pistols. <laughs> yeah, that, that's such a good moment. Um, especially that bit where uh, John Hurt looks at Matt Smith and he's like, even him. <laughs> and the look on Matt Smith's face, he's like, um, excuse me? Yeah, the 50th is just gold. Um, especially since it came after season 7B, which is the worst you reckon? Well, out, well, actually, the new ones are the worst. But um, season seven, but yeah, it sucked. It's oh, really okay. bad. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. The main one being that Stephen Moffat was making the 50th anniversary. Uh, so he was double booked. Yeah, so yeah. he's like, I'm going to put all my effort into this. He also had um, BBC Sherlock going at that time too. So I think it was a, a full plate across the board. Mm, it's, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I think Doctor Who's one of those things... Um, we get very passionate about the things that we love, but I think uh, it's important to remember that these things are only going to be so much in terms of um, what what they do with them. Um, and I think that's what I love about Doctor Who, uh, which leads me to my our next point, um, which is what is it about Doctor Who that you love? Oh, I'll go first. For me, it's yeah, um, yeah. it is it's the simplicity of it, the childlike sort of. Uh, it takes you out of uh, reality and puts you in this world where you know anything can be fixed with a you know a, a half working TARDIS and a bit of duct tape. <laughs> so um, I, I really love that aspect of it. 
um, and you know that kind of there's so many good um, lessons in, in Doctor Who. You know, like um, Matt Smith says, um, over 900 years of time and space, and I've never met one person who wasn't important. That's a great line. Like just stuff like that. Just you know, really simple and profound things like that. I really love about the show. And one of the um, best things about Doctor Who is that you show up, and every episode is like we're, we're doing something. Who knows what it'll be? There was a there was a found footage horror movie as one episode <laughs> in one season. Yeah, yeah. They just they just do things, and um, it's great because every day you can have every episode is like the Doctor shows up. Tardis lands. We're on mm. a different adventure, different world, different characters. It can be anything. Yeah, and then bam, you might find yourself in a really major plot point in in the story, and you're like, wow. Yeah. Um, and this has like drawbacks, but I love the fact that the um, that Russell T. Davis and uh, Stephen Moffat love Doctor Who. Mm. They love it, and so they're just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write my fan fiction. Oh yeah, that that can uh, work and not work, but yeah, yeah, sometimes um, it's like, can you like, okay, so I like River Song, mm. but this is exactly how it, she was written. Hey. Uh, so this is my original character. She's a companion of the Doctor. They're totally in love. And, like, th- the companions, she's their daughter. Can you imagine, like, reading a fan fiction with that set up? And it's like, ugh. She's I, also got regeneration powers. And she's super smart, sexy. And the Doctor doesn't like guns. But he likes when she uses guns. I, what I like about that, um, that set up is, uh, obviously, Matt Smith was a bit younger than um, um, uh, actress... Um, Oh, uh, Alex. Uh, Alex Kingston. Sorry, uh, that's terrible of me. Um, so Matt Smith was a little bit younger than Alex Kingston, um, but they were able to convey this weird. Um, the Doctor was older than her, um, and I think that's partly due to her brilliance as an actress, and partly due to his brilliance as an actor to sort of go like, "Oh yeah, I'm like this is how I convey my age or, or whatever." But I, I thought they had really wonderful chemistry. It yeah. was nice to see a relationship dynamic that wasn't like, oh, he's the older guy and she's the younger girl type thing. I like that they kind of flipped that on its head. She's great because she knows him, so she doesn't take any of his shit. Mm, mm. It's like, yeah, we've been through this. You're a moron. And the whole, just that whole sort of, um, it was very Catwoman-esque actually, I found. Oh like, my God. Very like, hello, sweetie, you know, all that sort of um, like she lure gra- him to this destination. And <laughs> she graffitied a cliff. Yeah, yeah. And a temple and major artifacts and <laughs> uh, I like her, even though like the setup when when you break it down is very um is very you know self insert mm. character ish. Uh, she still does it really well. Some of it's the writing, but most of it is Alex Kingston mm. being awesome. So, who would you say your favorite companion is? Okay, here's the thing: the answer is Martha, but the real answer is that the Doctor did not deserve Martha. Fuck you, Doctor, from season three. You treated her really badly. Oh, no, Rose. I miss Rose. <laughs> Fuck you. Martha is right there. She's ten times better than Rose. Go to hell. Yeah, bugger. So yeah. I. So the answer is the Doctor and Donna. Oh, God, you, no. You only don't like it because of your own shit. <laughs> it's one of those things, you know. Remind you of somebody that you were friends with and you just go, can't deal with their stuff. Yeah. Although there is some hilarious moments between David Tennant and Catherine Tate. They're both amazing. Um, that scene where she, he, 
she's inside the building and he's outside the window. Yeah. And, and they do pantomime. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, Catherine Tate um, is known for that. Yeah, yeah. So that's why they had that happen. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's tons. My favorite one. This actually is, um, aside from the 50th anniversary, which is just full of this shit. This is my favorite comedic scene. It's when he got poisoned and you're like, what do you need? Salt, shake, salt, <laughs> shake. Uh, what do you need? Uh, shake, milk, shake, milk, shake. Uh, Harvey Warbanger, Harvey Warbanger. How is Harvey Warbanger one word? Salt, salt, I'm burning salt, I need something salty. How about this? What's that? Salt, nah, that's too salty. Oh, that's too salty. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That entire episode um, is, it's with, it's with um, uh, I get the Christie. Oh yeah, and so they're not taking it that seriously. Yeah. So my my favorite companion, you're gonna hate me for this, Dan. Well, hate's a strong word. You're going to be miffed. I would say definitely, Clara is my favorite companion. Okay. Counterpoint. Mm-hmm. The Clara and twelve. Uh, no, Cla- I loved it with Matt Smith as well. Okay. Um, so I didn't. Because she's barely a character in her first season. She's a mystery box. Mm. She's like, ooh. Well, that's a who, cool concept too, it, though, right? That was not, fun. But it's good concept. But for a companion, no. Mm. But, okay. but as soon as like the 11th Doctor regenerates and she's with the 12th Doctor and she's trying to teach him how to reconnect with humanity and she's all pissed at him. And I'm like, good, do that. Mm. Also, if she died in heaven sent properly, not like... Faked it, but like died in face the raven. He's he's uh, punching through a wall trying to get over his grief in heaven sent, and then they don't have hellbent. Would have been a great exit, but nope. I just thought she was a great character. I thought uh, Jenna Coleman is a phenomenal actress. Uh, she she delivered all those quirks, and they had she had such great chemistry with both uh, Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi. Uh, especially, I love her in Deep Breath. Um, I love that Clara is in that episode. Clara is the audience getting used to this new doctor uh which i think is a lot of fun um especially you know when you get that payoff at the end where 11 calls her from the tardis back in time um and that was such a gut-wrenching moment too because you were just getting used to the new doctor and then they showed you your old doctor and you're like well god damn it i Um, want my old doctor back yeah so that's that's fun it's it's weird that they had to do that because it's like, well, we They've have never to, done that before. Really. No, they had to show, tell the audience, oh, he's old now, but like, you'll, he, he's still the doctor, even I though think he's they old. They had to do that because they had a lot of uh, like a young fan base, mm-hmm. and like, like particularly probably a demographic of younger people that might have been there for Matt Smith. Well, definitely, Matt so, Smith's uh, era is the most popular era. Mm. So I, I know I've got a friend who's a girl who was. Um, really upset that they kind of turned the doctor into this old man because she had gotten used to, you know, young kind of charming and, and, you know, pretty ish men. Uh, And so she was kind of, that was kind of a draw card for her, for Doctor Who. And then, uh, you know, they changed him to this grumpy old grouch, uh, which I love. So do I. (laughs) I think that, do you know what? So the sixth doctor, right, is like, no one likes him because he was written badly mm. but i think that what they were going for with the sixth doctor is exactly what they did with the 12th doctor okay this grumpy old man who's you know he's like Ugh. i think my favorite line from peter capaldi is the second uh episode where he's 
he's walking through this spaceship and all these people are asking him questions and he goes, uh, this is Clara. <laughs> She's <laughs> my carer. She cares so I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, what? That's, this guy is me. <laughs> That's literally me and my wife. <laughs> That's great. So basically what you're saying is that you don't like uh, Donna because she reminds you of a best friend that you hate now. Mm. And you love the doctor, uh, the child doctor and Clara because she reminds you of your, you and your wife. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, although I will say uh, honorary mention goes to Bill Potts. I actually really enjoyed Bill Potts as a companion. I, I thought wish. she was a lot of fun. So here's what they, what, not they should have done, but here's what they should have done. You have, we're a fandom. We're always going to be saying, this is what they should have done. I mean, I'm, I'm the one that's kind of working on a, on a long form entire rewrite of 2005 to now. <laughs> it's Tell no one. It's coming along. <laughs> well, if I had a Doctor Who podcast, maybe I could do it there. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> just have an episode where I'm just pitching my ideas or I'll just sprinkle it in. Um, but you have Clara and she leaves at the end of season eight. Mm. And then you have Bill for season 9, 10, and 11. Mm. And then she leaves at the end of season 11. Yeah. One of the things that I do like about the new era of Doctor Who, and there's not much, but one of the things... When you say new, do you mean post-Peter Capaldi? Post-Peter Capaldi, the the like Chris Chibnall, uh, I can do it better. Basically, what I'm saying with my pitch for 2005 to now, is that if I was in charge of Doctor Who, I would do what Peter Capaldi did, uh, what, um, what Chris Chibnall did and ruin it. <laughs> um, I don't like to, um, being an actor myself, I don't like to um, cast shade on anyone in a creative um, environment in terms of um, uh, you know, what's good quality and what's not. But I will say I did, uh, I did fall off um, probably around episode three or four um, of the first season that Chris Chibnall did. I just, I don't know, it just didn't resonate me, uh, resonate with me uh, the, the same way as the previous seasons did. And it had nothing to do with the Doctor being a woman. It was it was you know just the stories didn't do anything. Do you know what's really annoying? So you had these, uh, these super right-wing YouTube channels that mm. were waiting to hate uh, Jodie Whittaker's era. Mm. And I'm like, just wait. As soon as it's good... I can be like, they're fucking assholes and wrong and stupid. But now I'm like, they're fucking assholes, but right. I think we got up to the episode with the spiders. Oh, the, the one where she's like, you can't shoot spiders, so let me suffocate them. <laughs> let me kill them gently. Um, yeah, by torturing them and they're definitely going to kill know, each I, other. I just, I just like, I felt like, uh, and Doctor Who has always had... Um, we talked before about good values and, and messages and, yeah. and things like that. The, the, the second era, the second story is about space Nazis that destroy themselves using nuclear war. <laughs> That's how the, the, the Daleks were originally not created with Davros. Right. They were originally these like uh, humans that looked very pretty and then, um, then due to nuclear war turned themselves into Daleks. Yeah, wow. That's the original thing, and then they retconned it with Davros. So I think what happened um, for me personally as a, as a viewer, I, I just felt like the, the stories got too bogged down with a particular message uh, like, or, or an opinion, um, and like whether or not you share that opinion 
is irrelevant. It was more just I, I didn't um I didn't it just didn't resonate with me. I didn't I didn't watch it and I didn't feel like oh yeah I, I I'm enjoying this. I I felt like they were really just trying to push whatever the opinion was uh, of the person that wrote it. The third um, season had um as an episode called Gridlock, which is all about pollution and um and traffic jams, and it's a great episode. And it gets the point across uh, for pollution, but the story isn't about that. Mm. It just has that as a setting, yeah, yeah, where everyone has to stay in their cars because the air's too polluted. Mm. And then the doctor fixes it um, by going up and being like, "You're wrong, though. We need to we need to let them up." And she's like, "All right." I do love Jodie's uh, costume, though. I think her costume is really cool. Okay. Um, I take it you don't. It's fine. I think my favourite line I've heard from Jodie is she's trying to get I, – I don't think I've seen the episode. I just saw this moment from the episode and it was this bit where um, uh, the, the TARDIS is heaps far away and she's trying to get it to come to her and she's like, come to daddy. I, I mean, mummy. Sorry, <laughs> still getting used to this, <laughs> which I thought that was such a, an awesome moment. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm interested to see where it goes uh, from here. And uh, to be fair, they, I will... They did w- the Timeless Child. And I therefore, I am I, not interested. I, I, I'm going to have to... We're going to sit down and, and give it a go because we've... My wife don't and I particularly to. feel like we owe it to the, you don't, the character. You too. don't owe it to, to... You know what? You want to do that? Go get um, BBC... The BBC uh, thing. Uh, Bitbox. Oh, yeah. And watch Classic Era. Okay. Watch <laughs> that with me. Um, so honorary mem- uh, mentions for doctors, I got to say, I really want to see more of Paul McGann. I know he's done a lot of big finish stuff, but he's I want to physically finish. see him as the doctor. Cause the night of the doctor is one of the coolest moments, uh, in, and, and the way they, they fed into the 50th anniversary, uh, I think it's something we should definitely talk about now. Yeah. Um, that experience for me was one of the coolest and most rewarding fan moments I've had. Uh, and I'm a fan of a lot of things. I like my Batman. I like my Harry Potter. I like my Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and all that sort of stuff. So I'm a fan of big, you know, concepts and things like that. So um, to to have Doctor Who come in out of nowhere for me and, and kind of deliver that level of fan service without, you know, pandering was really cool. There's a 50-50 chance that we're in the same cinema. Yeah, isn't that weird, hey? Because yeah. it would have been there was only one cinema playing it and uh, we were both in the same area. Yeah. So um yeah, I was dressed as uh as the 11th doctor that day too. That's purple cool. coat and all. I um it it's really cool. And I really like it. The Night of the Doctor, one of the best things that cuz Paul McGann was basically given a script and was like, "Hey, this goes for like 5 minutes, so just read this page." Um, and also, like, here's a list of your companions. And what's great is that those companions are from Big Finish. Nice. Therefore, really cool. um, therefore, Big Finish is canon. I love that they took him from being this kind of really Americanized doctor, you know, that kind of romantic. They really you know, wanted to make him this idea of what a British gentleman might look like uh, if he was, you know, from 1891. Um <laughs> And then when they brought him into Night of the Doctor, he sort of became a bit of a badass. And I thought that was really cool. He's got my favourite TARDIS. Yeah? Okay. The the movie had like tons of shit because they had a budget. Okay, now that we're on to TARDISes, favourite TARDIS interior. So once again, the, the Paul McGann's TARDIS mm. was huge. Oh, and, and the fact that it had like a fireplace yeah. and stuff in it. It yeah. felt like a house. 
Yeah. It felt like the doctor lived in it. Yeah, it was bigger on the inside too. Yeah, but like when you see the old ones, they had enough for a set. Mm. One room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was some... Where his was like this cavernous kind of manor house. Yeah. And I like um, in later... We see implied um, some of the uh, rooms and we had the um, the episode Journey uh, into the heart, journey through the TARDIS or whatever. Mm. Where we saw like a lot of stuff. The swimming pool, the library. Yeah, all the famous thing. swimming pool that he just brings up over and over <laughs> again. Okay, so I like the 10th Doctor's one. Okay. But he had it for too long. Right. We yeah. had it for like season... One, I liked that it was two. very alien. Yeah, it, what's this one, Coral? <laughs> um, we had it for season one, two, three, and the special. So that's four seasons. And if they had it for two seasons until Rose left, and then instead of being mopey little shit about yeah, Rose, he like smartened up his act and went for something a little more modern and maybe yeah. a bit more, a bit more sort of um, sterile. Yeah, mm. um, something like that. Because what I like in um, in Matt Smith's era. Is that he started with like, this is a the fairy tale season. He's like twelve years old. He's young. He's mm. gonna be. Um, this is his last life, so he's gonna be young. Yeah, um, it, it was goofy and kind of kiddish. Yeah, and they had bunk beds. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny. I didn't think about that until you pointed that out to me. That Matt Smith's Doctor starts as a like a kid, yeah, and he progresses to an adolescent, and then he becomes a man. And he grows old. Um, I never thought about it like that. But now the more I think about it, whenever I see anything from his early days, I'm like, this guy's a, a giant child. Yeah. <laughs> you know he has a teddy bear. <laughs> it's called Rose. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Okay, it's, it's Brigadier. Not. Brigadier the bear. Wouldn't that be cute? Brigadier. A brigadier. <laughs> Uh, we nailed it. We named the doctor. doctor uh, we we named you a bear for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that is actually super cute. If Build a Bear don't do a Bergadier, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> they do uh, Doctor Who bears. Well, now they need to do a Bergadier. Okay, fair enough. You just dress in military gear. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of uh, a bit scary, actually. What's your one? Uh, Favourite TARDIS interior? Yeah. Ooh, gee, ooh, um, uh, I'm going to go with um, Peter Capaldi's first interior. Because it was kind of almost identical to Matt Smith's last one, only he had lots of like cool bookshelves, yeah, and uh, the chalkboard and you know all that sort of stuff. So I really enjoyed that. I like the chalkboard because one, it's an homage to Clara being a teacher, mm. and I like his progression to becoming a teacher. Yeah, yeah, that's a great progression for him because he starts off as the student, as Clara's student. Yeah, she's a teacher. He's uh, he's her student, and then. Um, he gets used to kids and then in season 10 he becomes a teacher and he's teaching Bill. Mm. And I love the fact that he, that um, Bill's like, so you've been working here for like 50 years, right? He's like, and you're wondering why I look so young. She's like, no. <laughs> Not really. Uh, it makes sense. <laughs> oh, I love Bill. Bill's great. And people under don't respect Bill enough. No, no, I think she, yeah, I, I thought she was a great companion. I thought she was a lot, a lot of fun um, and there was just a, oh, there, there's that great episode where she goes back to Victorian era London and they're all giving her the stink eye because she's not white. 
mm-hmm. and she just like gives it right back to them. <laughs> um, people complain that um, season 11 and 12 are, is super political, but if you're going for pure politics, season 10 is just full of like obvious things because mm. we're dealing with racism and homophobia yeah, a yeah. lot. And I, um, especially racism. And one of the, and I like that Bill goes to like, what was the ice one? What, do you know what era that was? Oh, um, it's like the 1800s. I or? think it was like Victorian Cause, era. Cause it was based around a specific event that happened called the great frost. That was all that like Piccadilly Circus type stuff, right? Yeah. I was, think that was like Victorian era. Okay. So they had that era and she's like, man, there's a, I thought the, this place was mainly white people. And she, he's like, oh, history's a whitewash. Mm. And, you know, there was stuff like that. I think they always commented on things like that. But they, they did. Didn't, they didn't make it the, the whole, like the complete episode centered around that idea. Yeah, I think that. Um, they just made comments here and there. Yeah, because the story isn't about that. There's not literally, well, there is. The, he punched him in the face. That was great. <laughs> um, I, I love the fact that the doctor's like, now, uh, Bill, you got to, we, we, we're travelers through time, right? We can't we, make we an can't impact. In, we can't make an impact. We can't interfere. And then he's like, oh, it's you again. And he's just, <laughs> It's like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> love it. Uh, Peter Capaldi is so good. He might be my favorite doctor period, but so what would you say also um, again? would be your favorite music theme? Oh, that's interesting. Cause doctor who, okay. So do you know how TV themes work? Uh, not specifically, please explain. So you got light motifs. Do you know what light motif is? Like the, um, like a, a reoccurring track that comes through the story yeah. every so often. And it represents something. Yes. So, um, like the doctor has a light motif and his companions have a light motif, mm. but when it comes to but other ones, it's like we have a week to put this out. We don't have time. My favorite one is uh, the song of captivity from the Ood episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they had to put uh, because the story revolved around that music. There was a lot of effort that was mm. put into that. Um, piece of music in particular I think um, mine uh, would have to be Murray Gold's um, The Valet de Sam which is um, David Tennant's send off song oh that's fun that is a really that's a good choice really cool track uh, I used to listen to that track just by itself and like it would it would it was a quite an emotional track actually because you remember the whole you know I don't want to go and, and all that sort of thing and, uh, it was just really great um, I like my um, one thing that I don't like is about David Tennant's era, and I think it actually alienated people because a lot of people dropped off. More people came in later mm. because they opened it up to America and they marketed more to America. Yeah, but um, I think that it was a mistake for the Tenth Doctor to treat uh, for the story to treat the the regeneration of the Tenth Doctor like he was dying. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that was more based on the personal sort of investment that David Tennant had in the character. But it's not that because we have like the prophecy from Planet of the Dead where um, she's like, your song is ending soon and the, hmm. the, the four knocks that will speak the end. It felt like he was dying and I much prefer 
the ninth doctors because the ninth doctor is like it's yeah. a happy thing he's like yeah i'm be back <laughs> yeah it's like well that's my favorite line uh from matt smith when he's like uh, any minute now he's coming <laughs> she's like who who he's like the doctor um that's yeah. a that's a great uh i love that transition it's um the the 12th doctor's regeneration speech went on for way too long <laughs> i'm dying i'm old that, but he's an old guy's like I'm, i know i'm dying but i'm gonna take 15 minutes to tell you about this thing yeah and also he's the monologuing doctor he has speeches all the time so it makes sense for him but it also went like, for way too scottish. long scottish <laughs> like, that's another great line from deep breath where he's like oh oh i'm scottish I get to complain about things. <laughs> it's a good Scottish accent. Uh, it's a terrible Peter Capaldi impression, but it's a, a passable Scottish accent. Fair enough. Um, I like the Ninth Doctor's uh, in Rose, the episode Rose, not the character. But um, in Rose, the Doctor says, uh, she's like, if you're an alien, how come it sounds like you're from the North? <laughs> and he's like, lots of planets have a North. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favourite... Um, uh, nine moment is um, the bit where he's, he f- first catches a glimpse of his reflection. He's like, oh, look at the ears. <laughs> Starts <laughs> playing with his ears. I uh, love that John Hurt's last line yeah, is... Yeah. I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. That's that's good retrospective writing there. Yeah, I love it when they do that. Like um, uh, the the doctor said once... Archaeologists, I point a laugh at archaeologists. <laughs> and the river song turns out to be. But but um, not only that, but when she's a baby, <laughs> he points the laughs. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's really cool. I don't know if that was on purpose. It feels like if anyone's going to make something a callback that subtle, Stephen Moffat would do it. Stephen Moffat would do 100%, it. 100%. Yeah. This is going to be a fun podcast. <laughs> we've, we've covered the, like, the broad strokes. Yeah, yeah. Now we're going to get into the nitty gritty. Uh, we're going to get into the nitty gritty and we also have to fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have tons of uh, debate topics. New Who versus uh, Classic Who. Versus, versus New New Who. <laughs> Would that be with an NU? I don't know. Oh, yeah. New? New Who. Because they're trying to make it all hip and cool. Like team, hashtag Team TARDIS. <laughs> um. So, uh, we can get into it later. But hmm. I, but it's weird that he... that like. Chris Chibnall complains about complained back in the seventies, thereabouts, seventies um, or eighties, uh, about the, the olden times. The olden times, back in not even our day, <laughs> he complains about the Fifth Doctor's era, and then he just made that era again. Oh, speaking of the Scottish thing, you know how I said uh, Peter Capaldi said I'm Scottish, I get to complain about things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's even also a callback to when he first met Amy Pond. And, oh, wait, no, that was a different line. Um, <laughs> you're Scottish, fry something. <laughs> <laughs> so there's kind of been this, like, almost discrimination against Scottish people for that whole time. Uh, yeah, the fact that, like, the Doctor has, um, or at least knows enough to joke about Earth prejudices... <laughs> Is hilarious. And the episode where but David he's here Tennant, all the time. David Tennant got to use his natural Scottish accent when they were in the, the hills of Scotland mm-hmm. in the Highlands, and and he's like, um, uh, I, I I was uh, chasing this wee naked child over over hill and and <laughs> under tree or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> She's just wearing normal human modern human clothes, and everybody's like, <laughs> well, the the but the best part about that is that um. 
is that Rose said, yeah, I was out in the boat. And he's like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, there's been a long history of uh, Scottish prejudice in, in the Doctor Who universe. It's really... Uh, this is going to be so much fun and I can't wait. So, next week, do you want to get into the nitty-gritty of something or do you want to fight? So, you can... Uh, you can Decide nitty gritty or fight. I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a pacifist. Um, <laughs> but you know what they say when a good man goes to war. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Walked right into it. Yeah. All right. How about who the man? Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so many good lines. Uh, you can tell who my favorite doctor is. Well, I can t- certainly tell. Let's do a review, an overview of one of the doctors. Right. Do you want to do the 11th Doctor? I it feels would, like you want to do the 11th Doctor. I would doctor. love to. All right. Next week, we're going to talk about the 11th Doctor. Just to be clear, are you expecting me to go and re-watch all of his episodes between now and then? Only if you can't remember them. Uh, enough to talk about. All right. We'll see how we go. <laughs> I might have to do a bit of binging over the weekend, which I'd be glad to do. That's fair enough. I'm not... I haven't got time because I'm watching all of classic era Doctor Who. Oh, nice. I did try. I did try classic era after I'd, after I'd exhausted all my current Doctor Who. I did try to do the classic era and I just, I think it's one of those things. It's like anything when you're a kid and you grow up on it, you have that nostalgia base in it. I think that really works. But for, for me, uh, going into it cold and just trying to get through it, I was like, God damn it, it's made of foil. Just let it go. Counterpoint, I... Don't have nostalgia for it, and I love it. Yes, in but all you also like all films like t- Titanic, The Journey Continues. No, I don't. <laughs> I watch that show. It's not like I like it. I just watch bad movies. It's not like I like them, but I like camp. Right, okay, camp so is there you a, go. Camp yeah. is a genre I like. So that's literally all of classic Who. It's all of modern Who. <laughs> fickle, fickle. But like with a bigger budget, not a big know, budget, a bigger budget. When uh, when Peter Capaldi took over as the Doctor and he did the first season, um, when they marketed it to America for the second season, I'm fairly certain I read this somewhere. They said, "Hey, can you get him to ease up on the Scottish accent because American <laughs> people can't understand what he's saying?" So he had to be a little less Scottish <laughs> for the for his second season. Um, which is fascinating to me because I thought he was, you know, easily understandable. And I, I went to the UK a couple of years ago uh, on my honeymoon, and we went the first pub we went to in England. Uh, we had a Scottish bartender, and I thought I watched Doctor Who, I watched Harry Potter, I got this. I, I, I'll make the order, don't you worry. I'll get it. <laughs> and yeah, this is all I got out of this bartender when I said, oh, just like a, a cider and a, a Coca Cola, please." And he goes. And I went, <laughs> uh, um, can you say that again? And he goes, yeah, like, in yet. And I was like, um, and then he, like, he had to speak to me. I felt like there was that moment where I was like, just talk to me like I'm a child. Was it Snatch that um, Brad Pitt? Oh, he's a pikey. Yeah, he, he, that guy's a pikey. Yeah, well, it turns out what he actually said when he said it to me like I was a, a an infant uh, was, would you like ice with that? <laughs> so my uh, simple brain couldn't even connect the fact that I was ordering a drink and therefore what 
possibly could he be offering in addition to those <laughs> drinks? I just went, I can't understand you. So, yeah, can can you please speak slower <laughs> so I can understand? <laughs> and was, he's probably thinking, oh, for fuck's sake. He's like, this is the sixth tourist I've had today. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I can't wait. I have um, some trivia for the 11th Doctor. It'll be great fun. Beautiful. Until next time, then. Until next time. What's a good goodbye? Alonzi? Alonzi? Alonzi.